Blog Talk Radio. And hit it. <laughs> this is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebcr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, there he is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. They keep fading out. It looks like they're turning their back to us when they're clapping and cheering. They fade in and out there. Uh, uh. Probably looking at this guy's. Check, making sure yeah. he's not going to pour rain on him. Oh, yeah, um, there you welcome go. Welcome live. It is uh, June something, the 18th, and 18th. Uh, 7, whatever it is, uh, p.m. Eastern time. Oh, one. And we're getting this. Oh, one, is it? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, 7.01. Intro is like. Thing. Um, so, if you want to get in uh, on the chat and the fun and everything, you can join us to talk about wine uh, in chat on any of our feeds here. Uh, we're on Twitch, Mixer, and Facebook Live, plus Blog Talk Radio. I need to open up the Blog Talk Radio chat thing, which is opening now. And uh, thank you very much. All right. Questions um, and comments are more than welcome. And. That's uh, right. Well, even if we're, be even if we're not talking about Chardonnay or something, but you have a question about, you know, what you think about Chardonnay or something about Chardonnay, just ask it. Doesn't matter because uh, you yeah. know we, yeah. we just keep it close to wine. Yeah, you know, I'm tired of, you know, in the general area of wine, you know, I mean, <laughs> general area, which is really yeah. quite a bit of latitude there. But you know, in the past we've had way too big of latitude, so keep oh. it within. We are we are allowed to go off the topic every once in a while, but yeah, right, not that not, far off. Yeah. Not that far off on some of the things, yeah. So try to keep us right, you know, within the within the ballpark, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Which is yeah. You know. So, but that being said, <laughs> somewhere between the home plate and the pitch mound would be perfect if you're yeah. out in the field, still in the same ballpark, you know, in the stands yeah. is fine. Just in, yeah. the, in the ballpark would be great. Yeah, but if you're in the parking lot, or and that's a little bit too far out, so trying to keep it. That is, yeah. yeah. Keep it in the where you have to have a ticket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You have to have a ticket. As long as you have a ticket, and or a player, then that we can handle those questions. But <laughs> they're going. What are they talking about now? Yeah. You know, if you've been an Ocho yeah. listener, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Back. Welcome to the show. Uh, the All About Wine Weekly Edition. You know, I noticed something. I, I say Weekly Edition, and I noticed that. Well, referring back to our kudos that we are, we were listed at one of the six top wine shows about wine by Wine Spectator Magazine. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we were. And it was something we were both thrilled about. I mean, it was, yay, kudos. But six wine shows, a lot of them aren't weekly. And we were also listed on a list of 30 of the top wine shows. And we were listed number 12 on that. And I was looking at those, and most of those are not weekly. Some of them are monthly. Some of them are maybe every other week. Some of them are like every I just we do this every week. We keep you entertained every week here. So that's uh that's something. You don't have to wait and say, "Oh, when they're going to be on again." It's not like TV shows on uh USA Network where you never know when the next 
episode or next season is going to be, we're here every week. So there you go. I have a uh, question just came up in chat. Um, And it's good. Uh, Thank you for for posting that Uh, question. Is there a wine or anything uh, associated with it that would help someone with anxiety? Yeah, it's alcohol. So, yeah, probably. And the, you know, as I think about this, a bunch of thoughts are coming to the mind. Anxiety, nervousness, and all that. You probably have things that are bothering you and things, and so, therefore, you know, you're anxious about it. And wine and the, the ritual of wine and stuff like that, is calming within itself and the alcohol there's there's alcohol in it so the alcohol tends to calm people down most people anyway but find one you like and use it as part of a ritual i mean take the take the wine pour it in a glass smell it swirl it do the whole tasting thing on it and just concentrate on the wine and not anything else that's bothering you, and that would probably help, I would think. You know, if you, because uh, wine in itself is, is full of ritual and all sorts of stuff. You know, here you, the sommelier comes over and pours you a little bit in the glass, and you look at it and you swirl it and you smell it, and you do a little taste and you nod to the sommelier, and he goes around and pours everyone else's, and everyone sips it and gives toast and stuff, and that's keeps your mind off of other things that might be bothering you. So as far as the best wine goes, I think probably one that you would enjoy. I, you know, it's, I'm not going to say get this or that. Red wines, if you're looking at the alcohol to calm you down a bit, red wines have a higher percentage of alcohol usually. But if you're not a red wine drinker, then white wines are good also. And they all... Oh, awesome. I was also wondering if uh, that um, uh, what we, we talked about the, the health benefits last week. I believe it was you brought it up. Uh, the um, uh, what was it? Uh, resveratrol. Um, resveratrol. Maybe right. there's some sort of uh, anti-stress. Uh, you know, something uh, something in that that could could help uh, alleviate uh, or relieve some of the stress and anxiety that way too. I'm I'm, I'm wondering if that's a benefit as well. I'm well. It contains a lot of the flavonoids and stuff within that resveratrol, and so because of that, I'm sure it will help relieve some stress. I just think the whole ritual of wine itself is somewhat of a stress reliever. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't sit yeah. down to drink wine to get drunk. Usually, you usually sit down to drink wine to accompany with foods or to just you know the part of the ritual of enjoying it and stuff. So. Wine in itself, I think, would be a stress reliever. And then, like you say, the resveratrol in it would probably help along with some of the other compounds in it. Now, a glass of wine contains, you know, 250-plus, any wine, starting with wine, 250-plus different chemicals. And so I think a lot of them would be beneficial to relieving anxieties and different aspects of that. So... You know, that that's just my thought on it. Uh, thanks for the question. That's 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 a good question about it. But if you if you just follow the the rituals of it, it, it keeps your mind off of the trials and tribulations of what's making you anxious, and I think it might help. So that would be that would be my suggestion. So, you know, thanks for the question out there who sent that in. Dark Horse Big Red Blend is what I'm having tonight. California. Front says Velvet Smooth. And it is very small print. It says alcohol by volume 13.5%. Red wine, it says, and that's all it says on the front. The back doesn't say much of anything. Uh, Dark Horse, the unexpected winner. Just a definition. For us, winning means bringing you exceptionally crafted and well-balanced wine that over-delivers on your expectations. We do this by working side-by-side with 400 of California's finest grape growers to earn the first pick of their harvest. 
and we taste our wine over 100 times before you pour your first glass. I want to work at that company. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like that would be fun. Every wine, you get to taste it over 100 times. Oh. The result, a velvety red blend with notes of red berries and a smooth finish. And that's all it says. It's got a phone number. I didn't call the phone. It's got an email or a uh, website to darkhorsewine.com, which is a website. But it's no, it's sort of a purplish red color. Uh, oh, nice aroma. And always second sip there. A little bit of plumminess, some tannins, not overpowering, just just enough to take that dryness in there. You don't taste the alcohol at 13.5%. The alcohol is really subdued, which is nice. It has a uh, nice, very nice aroma. I don't know where is Dark Horse located. What? It doesn't say here, does it? Modesto. So, southern part. But Dark Horse. Uh, I saw this when I went out today and just thought, oh, I'll get that for tonight's for tonight's meal. So, uh, Dark Horse Red Wine. Red Wine Blend is what it's called. Pretty nice. It's a big red blend is what it says on it. And it's reasonably priced. It's under $10. So, uh, nice accompaniment for anything. And it's something that you sit there and try to find different notes of different things in the nose. A little plumminess in the nose. That's another fun thing about wine. You can always sit there and search for different things and the, the aroma. Concentrate on that. Take your mind off of stuff. So, that's our wine tonight is a Dark Horse Big Red Blend. Got a few things to tell you tonight, a few things to go over. One thing is, let me pull them up here, are wineries that can keep in touch with us and let them know what they're doing and all that. And we have been getting emails from different ones. Got a new one here, which... I don't know how they heard about us, maybe through Wine Spectator and are listed there. But this is from Domaine Laflave. Our Laflave. Uh, it is a Montrachet from the Montrachet, Montrachet region. It has uh, webinars in the vineyard telling about it. It has uh, purchasing wine directly from them which they're located in France, so this is quite a shipping. The uh, tells about pruning practices in the area. It tells about biodynamic treatments, and this is a biodynamic vineyard since 1996. So they say a mere 24 years ago, but for biodynamic, 24 years is quite some time to stay there. So uh, I got this email from them and tell them about them, but interesting stuff there. Really, it was fun to get this in and read this stuff here. I hope I continue to receive it. And it, it says, you know, English version. So they probably send it out to others. But if whoever's listening to this is the one that heard about this and sent it to me, thanks. I enjoy it and keep it up. But it's a uh, domain of flavor. D-O-M-A-I-N-E-L-E-F-L-A-I-V-E. And from Bryce at Laflave.fr for France. So, cool. That came in. And then we also have a, an email from Castle Ridge Winemare, friends in Iowa. And they say that gift certificates are available. Their Tassel Ridge Red, White, and Blue is available. Uh, brisket takes brisket. Uh, red, White, and Blue takes brisket up a notch. Uh, it helps balance out a brisket very well and, and adds another level to it. 
the red, white, and blue is a traditional sweet Concord based blend with strong grape flavors reminiscent of grape jelly. That sounds good. I don't remember trying that when I was there either. Uh, it says they're planning for the last of the bowling events of the season, which might be a couple months yet. Even with lifting of restrictions, uh, Tassel Ridge is open for the sale of to-go bottles and cases of wine only. Wine tasting, wine by the glass, and food are not available at this time. So they are still closed down, but you can stop by and buy wine or get it directly uh, shipped to you if they can ship to your estate. That's Tassel Ridge Winery in Iowa. Also, I've got Amazing Grace vineyards uh, Thursday through Sunday they have outdoor seating that is open curbside and outside dining reservations only so they don't fill up uh, it's for Father's Day the 18th to the 21st so today through Sunday and uh, a flight of four wines six dollars limited seating they have meal coming up uh, some great ingredients here are uh, great items on the menu here that I'm seeing. They are located in Chasey, New York. Uh, if you want to get a hold of them, make reservations if you're in that area and call 518-215-4044 for reservations or if you want to order something from them. Uh, their meal includes uh, pot roast. They also have lobster uh, ravioli. They also are having uh, red lasagna, uh, zucchini panini, and corned beef panini. Slow roasted barbecue, corned beef, caramelized onions. So oh, that sounds good. So if you're in that area of New York and you want to attend a winery and get something to eat and have some wine, they are taking reservations. They're open. They are. They also emphasize that they're limited because of the seating arrangements and stuff. And we also have, where is it? There it is. Whispering Oaks, our friends up the street, uh, actually from from here. I see up the street through I-75. Dinner menu, will, we will be changing up the menu each week. They're offering menu variations to maintain a high quality standard given that there's been issues acquiring the quality steaks they insist on. And as you, if you remember, they used to have steak dinners every Friday and Saturday nights. Well, they are bouncing it around because of the problems of getting the quality of steaks. But they still have beef medallion, grilled beef medallion, surf and turf, which is beef medallions and grilled shrimp. They also have ribeye, 12-ounce ribeyes or salmon. So any of those are available. You can get reservations there also, and they have a big seating area, so it's going to be a little bit easier. They are located in Florida, north of Tampa, in the little town of uh, Oxford, which is west of I-75, west of the villages, that area there. So uh, west of Gainesville and uh, Ocala. So uh, if you need to get a hold of them, if you want to make reservations for a meal there, call them at 352-748-0449. And uh, they will get you get you booked in. And let's see. I think that might be the last one. Let's see. Yeah, nothing there, nothing there. Yeah. So... Any of those and any other winery that's close to you, I don't know how many have opened. I've received different messages and emails and different tweets and stuff like that from different wineries saying that we're not open completely yet, but we're still looking at doing meals and different things like that. So even though they're not open, they're still doing what they can to accommodate. And I... A few of them are still having tastings, not a lot of them. They're still, uh, some of them have opened up for tastings. But uh, the, the mask situation that is required in most areas and all that, it's a little hard to, 
taste the wine through your mask. So I think that's why they haven't fully opened for tasting. So that catches us up on some wineries. I've been getting emails from them, but most all of them have been saying lately, you know, you know, stay away from us. We can ship you. We're going to talk about, let's see, the first thing, wine and Chinese food. You don't think about wine and Chinese food. It doesn't seem like an obvious thing that you would hook together. Chinese do make a lot of wine now. They make an awful lot of wine now. And I'm sure that they gear some of their wine to go with their food. I mean, what the heck? It's China. They have Chinese food. So what do we pair with Chinese food? Okay, this is the thing. One wine rule above them all. It is simply, if you enjoy the combination, then drink. But keep in mind, you don't want your wine to overpower the food, and you don't want your food to overpower the wine. That goes with any wine and any food pairing. Try to keep it so they balance. Chinese food is a little bit tough, though. They have spicy, they have sweet, they have tangy, they have salty, bitter, umami. They can all be in one dish. But get yourself a good German cabinet Riesling, and you've got them all beat. Probably the simple wine that would go best with all of them. A German Cabinet, K-A-B-I-N-E-T-T. It's not really sweet, but it's got enough sweetness that it's going to balance with everything else. It's got some good acid that will take in a lot of the different things in that Chinese food to balance that out. And it's a little bit lighter body. It's not going to be real heavy. It's not going to be a heavy wine that's going to overpower the foods that's so much that you are going to start losing the subtle little things about Chinese food. So if you're looking at something darker, if you're getting yourself a, you know, uh, General So meal or something like that, and you want something a little bit heavier, go with a light Beaujolais, a Gamay-based Beaujolais. Got low tannins, and it's also a good acid balance on that. And a little bit lighter body, but it's red, and you're going to get a little bit more flavors, a little bit more of the red coming on it. And the it'll match well with the mushrooms or the beef-based dishes or even the chicken dishes that uh, Chinese food is full of. You go to a buffet and you look at the table. I don't think any buffets are open yet either, and it's just really sad. Speaking of sad... Sweet Tomatoes has closed down forever. That is really sad. That was one of my favorite buffets. But uh, Beaujolais, a nice Beaujolais, Gamay-based Beaujolais, a lighter red wine, would go great with that. So keep that in mind. Those are some things that would go well with about any Chinese food. Now, if you want to get specific, this article goes into some pairings, egg rolls and Dumplings, uh, use a, uh, uh, they're, they're suggesting a Lambrusco or even a light Italian bubbly wine. I've um, got a blank on what an Italian bubbly. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I, I still didn't hear. Yeah, Prosecco, thank you. My engineer just you know pointed out what what I was trying to think of. A nice uh, Prosecco would go well with some egg rolls and fried dumplings. Uh, it's a good uh, good combination. The high acid would uh, be cut through with that type of thing. Even a, a, a champagne, a traditional method of champagne would go well. Crab Rangoon, Vino Verde, that is... Uh, fantastic with uh, crab and seafood in general. So that would be good. Vino, V-I-N-H-O, Verde, V-E-R-D-E, Vino Verde. Fried rice, another Lambrusco, uh, they suggest here. Uh, but fried rice has all sorts of different stuff. And the salty, the greasy, the 
umami, all that. So the fried rice and uh, Prosecco would be very good. Kung Pao chicken, a Pinot Gris is suggested. Uh, would uh, go well with the chili, garlic, soy sauce, and all that stuff that's in the Kung Pao chicken. But it wouldn't overpower it. Vegetable chow mein, get a muscat. The sweetness of the muscat and the aromas of the muscat would blend well with that vegetable chow mein. And General So's chicken, like I mentioned earlier, they're talking a Georgian Rekasiteli, and I pronounced that wrong, Rekasiteli, uh, a Georgian, Georgian wine, uh, which they're saying that amber wines are exceedingly food food friendly, and the requisite jelly can offer flavors of orange peel, sweet tea, honey, spice, stone fruit, all good stuff to go with General So's chicken. And, you know, General So's can be very hot and spicy at times, but you can also get it when it's not, ask them, no hot, they will do so. Last one, Chinese spare ribs. Really, really good. I like Chinese spare ribs. They're suggesting a Grenache with that. Grenache wines are probably one of the, if not the most food-friendly wine for just about anything around the world. It's light, it's fruity, it's got a little bit of jamminess to it, a lot of flavors. Um, it, it pairs well with a, a lot of stuff. So Chinese spare ribs, a Grenache. So one to solve that and one to share that with you. And now we're going to talk for a while about something else here. We're going to talk about canned wine canned wines uh, it's been around for a long time and it's what did I do lose it don't no, tell me I lost it uh, well this is about turpins I'm, I'm going to talk about turpins next week I'm not going to talk about it tonight hmm <laughs> Well, let me find it again here. I know I've got it, so it's easy enough to find because I was just looking at it right before the show. And let's see. There we go. Can wines have been around for a few years, but this is a very good article about the evolution of can wines and how they became premium wines which they have taken over. The uh, canned wines aren't just on the grocery store shelves or at festivals these days. You can find them everywhere. It's being taken seriously. And lots of good wineries are putting good wine into canned wine. It is the fastest-growing container in the wine industry above box and plastic and everything else you can think of. Canned wines have shot through the roof in the last uh, 20 years. From a hospitality standpoint, finding a way to create premium wines that were immediately accessible seemed like a no-brainer, said Thomas uh, Pastuzak, who is the director at New York City's Nomad, he created the Vinny can wine in 2018 with the goal of creating a high-quality wine in a can. He works with small farms around New York State to create a sparkling wine and a sparkling red, which sells for $20 for a four-pack, and they're 250-milliliter four-packs, and it's all in a can. Uh, for years, we've looked at canned wines as just a cheap alternative, and actually when they first came out, it was a novelty, if you will. And since then, it has really caught on. The first canned wines were from Sophia, 
or Francis Ford Coppola Winery, uh, Sophia's daughter debuted the first can wine, the Blanc de Blancs, in 2004. And it was uh, unique, and it caught on. Number of winemakers canning wine grew from a hundred, uh, grew a hundred and eighty percent in just one year, from June 2018 to June 2019. They grew from 125 wineries doing canned wine to 350. Wow, you can say that with me. Wow. The uh, Rob McMillan, who is a founder of Silicon Valley Bank's wine division, he's also the author of the bank, is author of State of the Wine Industry Report, said that ignoring cans as a segment means ignoring an on-ramp for younger consumers. The smaller servings also make it possible for all consumers to try better wines for a lower price. Which is a good good point there. They're not just cheap wines anymore. The uh, uh, Wick Wine Institute uh, Wick Wine Institute oh, Where is the last word on I don't know. Uh, the market is dominated by a few big brands: Percept House or Percept's Wines, House Wine, Union Wine Company, and then bigger players like EJ Gallo, the Wine Group, and Constellation are now jumping in and making can wines. And they're they're all doing it. AB InBev snapped up Babe Wine from Josh Wine last year. And later, they're partnering with the NFL as its first official wine sponsor. So ABBEV, uh, InBev is actually a wine sponsor for the NFL now. Uh, wow, that's something. Not just beer. A Wix partner and co-founder Robert Williams, Dr. Robert Williams, predicts that the luxury end of the market will continue to grow. Uh, more premium wines will continue to get canned as the market grows and competition increases, he said. Two producers started out growing uh, important quality wine in a can. Union Company's Underwood label from Oregon, and you've all seen that, the Underwood can, U-N-D-E-R-W-O-O-D on the can, broken down into three sections, and also Alloy Wine Works and Fossil Ropos, uh, both debuted in 2013 and 2014, re- respectively, and each are putting quality wine in the in the can in pinches packaging. Uh, they hope to drive uh, industry's growth, uh, and they have been from uh, over 125 percent growth. From 2015 to 2016 alone, they went from $6.4 million in sales to $14.5 million in sales. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, unbelievable jump there. And uh, it's just it's just, uh, amazing how much it's going. That's just, you know, that was what, four years ago now. Union Wine went from an initial 500-case production run to a current annual sales of about 400,000 cases. Meanwhile, Alloy's founder, Andrew Jones, Jones, has sold the company to Vintage Wine Estates, but he stayed on and helped. And he said his original production line uh, is puny. Currently, it's doing 20 times what it was when it was launched. He said they wanted top quality wine. People wanted top quality wine, terror driven grapes, treated the same way as you would for the bottle, but in a smaller, endlessly recycled package that could be consumed anywhere. Cans took up that niche there. The cans took up that area. A 375 milliliter can of Underwood or Alloys Rider Wines typically retails for six to seven dollars, uh, and a four pack of 187 multiliter Sophia cans retails for twenty. But what about higher wines, more expensive wines? They they are out there. Uh, 
Sands Wine Company is doing organically farmed wine grapes and putting them in a can. You know what? Yeah. Uh, they started with a white, a red, and a rosé, but they saw a place for premium varietals in the can on the market. And so now, says co-founder Gina Schrober, our cans are vintage dated and sourced from a single vineyard. No one else was specifying AVAs, vintages, and vineyards until they came on the market and started to do it in cans. So this while the original base offerings retail for an above average $10 per can, Sands now produces a $12 carbonic carry-on, a $15 dry reasoning, and a, wait for it, $25 Cabernet Sauvignon in a can. Now, this is a can of wine, $25. Since launching, they have doubled their growth every year. Now they produce 5,024 can cases annually. Wow. It just, it's just amazing what's happening. Philosophy is to treat grapes as we would if they're going into the bottle. Interaction with them is minimal. Don't spray. We don't dry farm. We stop using sulfites in five of the seven wines that are canned. Also, filling the organic canned void is Wine Cellars Limited. And they started canning their Tiamo brand, T-I-A-M-O, in 2017. And they have been seeing double-digit growth ever since. Uh, amazing. Absolutely Amazing. Can wines are excuse me. Can wines are inherently outdoor friendly, convenient uh, for picnics, convenient for the beach, convenient for everywhere you go. And this is one of the things that's driving the sales of can wines. Hand farmed wine producer Larkin Wines in Napa, Napa Valley was inspired by the no-glass policy at the beach. So they offer red, white, and a rosé cans at $144 for a 12-pack. They're not saying sizes on these. I wish they would. I would love to know what the sizes are just to get an idea of, you know, so we can compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges on this. In South Africa, Charles Bryan... Uh, Brain and Walker Brown launched Lubanzo wines in both cans and bottles. And it's available in 26 states and Canada last year, and they continue to grow. They have a four-pack of Blanc or Red Blend for $30. Again, not telling us the size. Says as wine lovers are getting more and more connected with wine in places around the world, they're finding that South African wines are excellent coming out of a can. Cans are just more relevant to the way people live their lives now, they say. And Arjan Dewan, the executive vice president of New York based importers and distributors Winebow, says, I did not think can wine could be serious, terror-driven, or variety true. But he has since changed his mind. Dawan changed his mind in 2017 when Winebow began working with Bridge Lane Wine. That's the second label of Leap Cellars in Long Island. And they have, Bridge Lane has a four-pack of 375 milliliter cans that sell for $34. And they say it delivers dry, distinct wines made from sustainably farmed grapes and vineyards. In 2018, they had a premium can rosé wine that sold for $5 a can. In March, Winebow also became the New York distributor for Union Wine Company's Underwood, which now represents six of the top 15 SKUs in Winebow's Oregon Super Premium category. It is growing. Producers have finally mastered the learning curve. When Family Coppola first launched canned wines in 2002, 
the technology was in its infancy. No question about it. They came out with what they thought was a great thing and all that, and they said, here, we've finally done it. And it's No one else was doing it. It took them two years to perfect the science of preparing wine for the can. Because there's no oxygen exchange in a can, you have to be thoughtful about what varieties you select and how the wine is treated before canning, which is different ways, different things you don't think of. Wick Research, William attributes the stratospheric growth of canned wines in part to improvements in canning technology. He says, cans have gone through the same evolution as screw caps. For some people, it will always be a cork or nothing, but the canning technology and working knowledge of what works and doesn't for cans has progressed enough to make a can a net positive for wine itself. So all of you can people or anti-can people out there, it has progress. But, you know, I, I, I'm still on the fence myself. It took some early trial and errors to understand how the different wines and different acid levels react to the liners in the can, which has always been the problem. What type of liner? And this is the thing when the first came out, and I was, people was asking me about it at the winery. I said, well, it should be good, but the liner is the key to it. This is what is going to hold the wine in. This is what, you know, you're not going to get that metal taste. This is a lot of times what people didn't like about beer years ago. If some of you old beer drinkers there, they didn't like beer because it had the metallic taste to it from the metal. And if you ask someone they want a beer, it would, bottle or can, and they would always prefer the bottle because you didn't have that taste. Well, they perfected the can, so you don't get the taste. You just get taste of beer. Same thing with the wine. It's it's it has progressed and shifted, and you got better technology and better quality in the cans. Issues of handling the cans also is a problem. Cans can't be stacked as high as bottles because they tend to crush. You know, even if you put the pressure on top of them, it's enough top of them, and they tend to crush and explode. So they also have to be moved around more carefully, and so you have to have more space, warehouse space. And if you're putting, like I said earlier, 500,000 cases a year out, it might require a bigger warehouse and uh, more of a gently handing of all the products with your forklifts and stuff because cans tend to be a little bit less sturdy as bottles are. Second issue is understanding that cans are airtight, unlike bottles that have cork closures or even screw caps. There is no transfer of oxygen. Uh, Bauer says that the best way to, for producers to prevent unexpected quality issues caused by reactions between the can and the wine that may exaggerate over time is to put cans through an aging test. And they've been doing this. They have been aging cans and wine. And it says that every new producer that they've all worked with have their cans tested by Ball, which is a testing company. And they red flag any chemical composition issues and test the shelf life. So if you're making a wine out, uh, if you're making a wine and putting it in a can, then you get a hold of Ball testing. They will test it to be sure that it's not going to affect the quality or anything over a period of time or because of the can you're using. And cans also are more sustainable. We know that, of course, cans are recyclable. But organic farming and energy conservation are, are an integral part behind canned wines with a lot of uh, bottlers, particularly Archer Roos, which was founded in 2015. And he is doing his canned wine, a single-serve can. And he said at the end of the evening, the can is empty. You don't have any leftover at the 
the bottle and all that, and so everything is consumed. All the cans are made from recycled aluminum, a material that can be recycled and used indefinitely. Cans are back on shelves within 60 days of being recycled. The global recycling rate for glass is only around 26.5%. And actually, the county I live in here in Florida, Pasco County, are not taking glass anymore. There's no buyers out there for glass. Uh, they've cut back on glass recycling because there's just so much that it's, it's, it takes more to recycle glass than it does to recycle cans and different things like that. So it's cut way down. The recycling, the global recycling rate for cans is 69%. And that's increasing every year. Uh, the uh, uh, Bert Vankowski, who is the co-founder and wine director of Latitude Beverage, has a line of premium canned wines dubbed Lila, and he sees a real desire for healthy alternatives in the industry. Said so that uh, to have a smaller format like cans, especially premium juice, can be a health alternative. You are not subject to unknowingly over drinking. You pop open a can, you can pour it into glass, you can drink it out of the can if you want, I suppose. Uh, you pop over a can, you pour it in a glass, you drink it, the can is empty, you recycle it. Uh, you don't have to think, well, there's a half a bottle here, I need to drink it within the next couple of days or else it's going to go bad. Or spray it with any number of other things that they have out there to preserve it. And then stick it on the door of the refrigerator and you end up forgetting about it and you have a bad half a bottle of wine whereas cans are not a fad they are the future they're going to be around they're going to be used you're going to see more and more of them and you're going to start seeing premium wines put in cans with the single servings which will be much easier to ration out your drinking for the night or you know you want a glass of wine you don't have to open a bottle of wine to have a glass of wine you don't have to open a bottle and think oh I'm gonna have to finish this tonight or else it's gonna be bad before I finish it and stuff then you've overdrank and you don't want to do that. You shouldn't want to do that. And so cans are here. They're here and they're gonna stay around for a while and you're gonna see more and more of them. It's not going to be something that's going to disappear. Now, cans is something else here. Grab a can. And it's not just for beer. So this is another article here about canned wines. Why canned wines? This is a little bit more simplistic here. There are six reasons that you should really look at doing canned wines. First, they're good. Canned wines cover all the areas you want. They are tasty. They are crisp. They are thirst-quenching. Uh, it's arranged in whatever style you want, from the sparkling rosés to earthy reds. They're all there. Second, canned wines are portable. Lightweight, durable, great for taking outdoors or to the pool, and like I mentioned, to the beach or any place you want to go. Uh, I think they restrict them, take them into theme parks and stuff, but golf courses, I think you can take them to golf courses and things like that, as long as they tell you no coolers for yourself. Three, canned wines can be chilled quickly. Pack size makes them easy to store. Four, no wine tool needed. No openers, no decanters, no closures to keep them closed until you finish them tomorrow. None of that. Five, cans require fewer materials and fuel to transport. Okay, now this is a big plus. They are, it's cheaper to transport them because they're not as heavy. And bottles can weigh quite a bit. I I have never shipped canned wines. I'm not sure what the cost for cases or anything like that, but I'm sure you don't have to cushion them like you do when you ship a case of wine somewhere, a case of 
canned wines would actually, I would think, be easier to ship. And they're recyclable. You know, it's cans are always recyclable. Take them all the time. And number six, canned wines offer an affordable, smaller serving wine option without compromising your quality. If you don't want to go out and spend $60 for a decent bottle of wine and you just want to try something, then spend $10 or $12 or $15 for a can. You can try it. You don't feel as bad if you don't like it or if it's something you really like and you want to drink it again, then you go out and get the bottle of the same stuff because I'm sure most all of them are available in bottles along with being available in cans. Serving can wines. You can serve it straight from the can. You know, like I say, you can drink it right right out of the can if you want. A certain aromas and uh, you know, tastes are more noticeable and more complex if you pour it into a glass. It gives you a chance to swirl it, look at the colors and stuff. And I think that's a big part of wine tasting. Like I mentioned earlier, swirling it and looking at the color and then smelling it and letting the aroma open up as you're swirling it. That's a big, big thing about wine, of the bottle or poured out of the can and into a glass and enjoy it. And if you really want to go into the kitchen, pour the can into the glass and set a bottle up on the counter so people think you got out of it if you still feel like cans aren't up there yet. They've came a long way, though. Just like any other kind of wine, quality varies. But you can pick out some pretty good wines that are worth investigating. There are some very nice wines out there. Let me give you a list of some of them here. Vinny Blanc, V-I-N-N-Y, B-L-A-N-K. This is canned wine for bubbleheads is how they advertise themselves. It's uh, Gruner, Wirtliner, and Riesling. $22 for a four-pack, which is the equivalent of one and a quarter standard bottles. They're two 50-milliliter cans, so it'd be one liter. Uh, Sommier Nomad and founder of Empire State, Estates Wines uh, is the winemaker of it, and he features, the Vinny features grapes from the Finger Lakes area. So Vinny Blanc is one you can check out. Another one, Bridge Lane Chardonnay. It's canned Chardonnay, but without the oak. It's $34 for four-pack. Four it's 375 milliliter cans, so it's equal to two bottles. So it's, you know, like $17 a, a bottle, which is a reasonable price. Uh, this is an oak Chardonnay, which brings out some nice minerality and uh, a classic French-style Chardonnay. The grapes for this wine are sustainably farmed in small batches, are from the North Fork of the Long Island, and aged in stainless steel before being canned. So a little bit of effort and good grapes going to that. Trader Joe's Simpler Wines Rosé. This is a pink Italian rosé blend. Uh, the grapes, it's $4 for four-pack. It's two 50-milliliter cans. Uh, this is equal to one and a quarter bottles. So you're looking at uh, really an expensive wine here. Goodbye to two buck chuck. Hello, canned wine. And this definitely is the late, uh, least expensive on the list. A dollar a can, uh, that's cheap. Uh, simpler wines and entry-level sparkling rosé. So that would be something to check out, too, if you want something that's a little bit bubbly and uh, cheap. There you go, $4 for a four-pack. You can't buy beer that cheap. And a Ramona Dry Sparkling Rosé. This is the Sangiovese and Montepulcino grapes. 
$15.99 a four pack, uh, two 50 milliliter sizes, so it's like one and a quarter bottle. And uh, it's 100% organic sparkling rose. It's dry with notes of raspberry, cherry, hibiscus flowers on it. So that sounds good too. A little bit more expensive, but still, it sounds great. Alloy wines, we talked about that earlier. Alloy wine works 10 city Pinot Noir. This is a 100% Pinot Noir grape, aged in natural oak for 12 months, $8 a can, 500 milliliter cans. So these are bigger cans here, 500 mil. I mean, a bottle of wine is 750 mil, so a 500 mil is a, is a good size can. It's like three-fourths of a standard bottle. The grapes for this wine were hand-harvested from California's Central Coast and suggested service slightly chilled. And any of the reds uh, that you get in a can, serve them slightly chilled. Not cold, but just a little bit chilled. And the last one here for the suggestion, Scarpetta Frico Frazzante. This is, if you're a beer drinker, this is a carb-friendly beer alternative. It's a blend of Triviano, Chardonnay, and Glera. And a Glera is the Prosecco grape that they make Prosecco. This is $11 for a four-pack, and it's a 187 milliliter size. So $11 for a four-pack is equal to one bottle. Simple, easy, beach-friendly and it's just a very nice sparkling wine that if you're looking for something that says this fits almost perfectly into a champagne flute, a can of this. So where do you buy them and find them? And that's really, really the quest, the answer to the question. The sad thing is they're not available everywhere. You can find some of the canned wine, some places, some at other places. Uh, you have to look. It's, sometimes difficult to find the canned wines where you want to find them but they are out there and they are different ones at different places some restaurants have them you can go into certain restaurants and they'll have a list and they'll even note that it is a canned wine the uh, grocery stores have canned wines you can find them in a lot of the grocery stores around the country I know Publix in the southeast here has canned wines, not a lot. The Safeway, Kroger, they all carry canned wines. So there's they're, they're available. Again, not all of them are available everywhere, but they are there. And they might not all be for your taste, but they're all out there for you to give it a try. Uh, some of them are printed with an expiration date, so check that. Don't grab one and throw it in the refrigerator and let it sit there too long because they may have an expiration date on it, which, you know, please listen to that, and which is a good idea considering that some wines aren't noted for aging. And so main thing is, like I said, the, the canned wines are here. They're here to stay. They're going to be here. There's some premium wines out there that are in the cans now it's going to cost you more but as with everything and i suggest always always try it give it a try make yourself notes when you try it because if you go out and you find yourself a can of wine and you go home and say okay this is the underwood pinot grigio and get the price and the size and you make yourself a little note in your can wine book next time you're out you can look and say okay i've had the underwood pinot grigio let me try this and grab yourself something else and make notes of that you're going to find some that you're going to love you're going to find some that you're going to hate but you will always find some that are interesting i mean this every one of them is going to be an interesting enjoyable trip on the can of wine so there you go don't don't give up the can of wines uh, I thought I was going to have more time to go through some other stuff here, but I'll, I'll save it for next week. I got a guide to online wine courses for you, free and paid courses. Interesting guide here, so tune in for that next week. And 
you know, I mean, you learn a lot of stuff through me, but these are a lot of these are basics. But I'll tell you about that next week. And also, turpins, the science of turpins in wine. Uh, I was just reading an article, and I need to finish reading it so I can tell you about what turpins are and what you're looking for. And turpins basically is that floralness, that fruitiness you get in aromas, and what brings it there, what puts it there, and how. Can you detect it and all that? We'll talk about that next week along with the wine courses. And as always, our comments from Mike and I and everything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always, um, those are always in there somehow. They always make the show. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I tried uh, Barefoot um, last uh, last year, I think it was Barefoot. That was in a can, and I picked it up at the grocery store. I was just walking down there. Yes. Like, wow, they have one in a can. It was like a big thing, and they were like little. Um, uh, they have them for. I saw. I saw beer in the same type of can. It's like a mini beer can. Like uh, uh, was it twelve ounces or something? It's a small eight ounce, twelve ounce can. Yeah, well, there's one eighty seven. It's a real small can. Uh, Two fifty yeah. is closer to a beer can size. So uh, two fifty milliliter. Uh, uh, I forgot what the which one of the barefoots was. It was it was a a good wine. It was wine. It just I, I'm I wasn't used to it. You know, it's yeah. coming out of a can. And like well, you said, you can't swirl it, you can't smell it, you can't you know do anything unless put you it pour in it out. But if you pour it out, then you're defeating the purpose of having a can because you now you have yeah, to carry. But, if you go, now well, you, have to carry you know, going to the beach, going to some place, and all that, you you don't do it. But I mean, if you're yeah. taking the thing home. Uh, pour it out yeah. and you know uh, drink it that way. I don't think I would suggest leaving a can if you're at home, but you know beach or something. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. You you yeah. can't carry extra stuff with you. Mm. Um, um, but uh, it, it was it was okay. It was it was different. Just a taste. Yeah. Just a, oh, okay, it's good. And um, and that's it. Uh, I what was it? There was another one I saw that was in a can. Um, Sutter Home. I think Sutter Home has a series of canned wines, too. Oh, no, those are little bottles. That's what those are. That's what I'm thinking of. Sutter Home has mm-hmm. little bottles. Uh, but uh, well, I think you're going to start seeing more and more canned wines on the shelf, grocery stores and everywhere. I yeah. think it's going it, to – it's becoming – well, I mean, if the growth rate is six – in fact, I didn't read that. And that's odd that I – because it really caught my eye when I read that part. But there was one thing in there that said that canned wine segment is growing at a clip of 135% a year, whereas wine, just regular standard bottle wine, is growing at a clip of 17% a year. So 135% compared to 17%, I mean, wow. That's a substantial difference there in amount of sales. So. Either that or canned wine is just filling up the shelves more and people are getting it, or there is some good wines there and people just continue picking those up as opposed to their standard no. bottle. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, definitely worth a try, and uh, you know, you may yeah. find something that that could be a thing for you. So, um, and they they have different sizes as we talked about. They do so, very good, and, you know, and different mm-hmm. prices too. Unbelievable. I mean, you know. Twenty-five dollars for a can. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Real, real slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and, uh, yep. Well, let's see if you have anything else to add here in the last minute or so. Um, yes, I do. Okay. Sunday. Sunday is Father's Day, so. Happy Father's Day for you daddies and daddies-to-be and stepdads and grandpa dads and the whole category of dads. You know, happy Father's Day to you. If you're looking to get daddy a Father's Day gift, you know, get him some wine. It's always a a good gift. If you're listening to this show, then we know he likes wine. So get him some wine. Yep, very good. Um, all right, we will uh, go ahead and close the show out here. I need to move some things with me. And we will see everybody back on uh, June the 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Blog Talk Radio and Twitch, I think, Mixer, 
Uh, what was the other one? Mob Crush, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, you all. we're on so many things we forget where we're talking. <laughs> well, <I> think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A big media conglomerate here of all these networks. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> yeah all these networks we've got. We oh them. my gosh. Yeah. Don't own them, but we don't um, own them. Thank you again. We're on them. <laughs> Have a great and a weekend. Happy Father's Day this Sunday. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.